Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. There are many sounds attached to Christmas. What we have been thinking through here at Valley Point through the Advent season, our challenge is this. Will we allow Christmas to awaken our ability to hear? And that's our challenge, because I think that's something that should happen, and it's something that needs to happen, to just allow Christmas to awaken our ability to hear from God. Speaking of hearing about Christmas, doesn't it seem like Christmas comes a little earlier every year? With all of the advertisements and the decorations, it just seems like Christmas is arriving earlier all of the time. In a recent Harvard Business Review, they talked about this push for an early Christmas, and they described it as the next great tradition. The great tradition being complaining about how Christmas comes earlier every single year. And if you're like me, you probably do a good job of complaining about the early arrival. In their research, they talked about a woman named Florence Kelly. Florence Kelly was actually a Philadelphian who died in 1932. She was a social advocate who fought against sweatshops and fought for fair labor laws and the eight-hour workday and protection for children who in the 20s and 30s made up a large part of the labor force. This quote is attributed to Florence Kelly. Here's what she says. Do your Christmas shopping early to avoid the inhumane nature of the 11th hour rush on sales clerks and child laborers. So this push to shop early is not necessarily something new and actually began as a good idea and a way to protect and to help laborers. The report and the review goes on to state, so early holiday launches aren't that new, yet we continue to gnash our teeth. If we hate them so much, why do they persist? Well, It's because they make good business sense. Enough customers and retailers value them to moot the inevitable criticism. All of that to say, Christmas is more than a one-day event. It encompasses a great amount of time and planning and energy. And the reason for many is because it just makes good business sense. Now let's transition for a moment because the birth of Jesus, the arrival of Jesus on earth, the advent of Jesus was also more than a one-day event. It encompassed a tremendous amount of time and planning and energy from a divine perspective. And I want you to hear this. So all eyes up here for just a moment. The arrival of Jesus, the birth of Jesus was more than a business transaction. It was a transaction, but much more than a business transaction, it was a transaction of love. 
Think about that. Christmas, a transaction, an act of love on God's part. It is the story of God on full display for others. He sent his son because he loves us. And I want you to personalize that. God sent his son because he loves me. God loves me. And this is demonstrated in the birth and in the arrival of Jesus. Are we hearing this? Are we hearing this? Interestingly enough, on that first Christmas, there was an unlikely group of individuals who I believe heard this. They got it and they understood and it changed their lives forever. It is a great story. Let's begin with a big idea. So please take out your talk notes and get your pen ready to fill in a few blanks. Here's our big idea, the surprising truth about Christmas. And we talked about a surprising truth last week, and here's another one. The surprising truth about Christmas is that it is still a time to listen because it is more than a business transaction. So much more than that. It's a transaction, but certainly more than a business transaction. It's a transaction of love. So the surprising truth about Christmas is that it is still a time to listen because it is more than a business transaction. If you have a Bible or a device, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke is in the New Testament. If you find the first book in the New Testament named Matthew, eventually, if you keep turning to the right, you'll come to the book of Mark, and after Mark is the book of Luke. All month long, we are going to hang out in the first two chapters of Luke because this is where we find one of the gospel accounts of the narrative of Christ's birth. Last week, we spent some time in Luke chapter 1, and we talked about the angel and the angel's visit to Mary and that announcement to her that she was going to have a baby and he would be great. He would be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That was last week. Today, we're going to step into chapter two and there are some other individuals that are part of the nativity scene It is the shepherds, and they heard some amazing things. So I'm going to begin reading with verse 8. Here's what it says. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now let's pause there for a moment because we need some context in order to understand how rich this story actually is. Let's think about shepherds for a few moments. Biblical scholar Craig Keener has this to say about shepherds. Elites throughout the empire usually viewed contemporary shepherds negatively. Often when we come to the Christmas story and the nativity, it's warm and fuzzy and cute. And it's like, oh, there's shepherds there. Isn't that nice? And and there's sheep and... Oh, it's so heartwarming. Well, at this particular time, there was no, oh, when it came to how people felt about shepherds. They were dirty. They were unwanted. 
They were often viewed as thieves because that's indeed what they did. Nobody really liked the shepherds. It wasn't a great job. It's not something that you wanted for your kids. So these are dirty, unlikely individuals to be privy to one of the great, if not the greatest, story in all of the world, maybe next to the resurrection of Jesus, the actual birth of Jesus, and these individuals are privy to that information, this would have rattled the values of the religious group at the time. But isn't that God? often rattling the values of religious people. Well, he's doing that with a group of shepherds, not respected, dirty, unliked individuals, and they're just doing their job. Verse nine, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. And the language here suggests that they feared a great fear. This is a shocking moment for them, and they're terrified. But the angel reassured them, and here's what they heard from the angel. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't fear a great fear. Don't do that. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel then was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Can you imagine this scene? And they're praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, The shepherds said to each other, wow, like what what just happened here? I think that's probably what they said. And then they went on to say, well, let's go to Bethlehem, right? Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried, that's a fun word, which means to hasten or to urge on. So let's hurry. Let's urge each other on. We've got to be in a rush here because, wow, this is wonderful news. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And that word means to be amazed or to be in wonder. (laughs) So as people listen to what the shepherds were saying, again, not elite individuals in this culture, but they're talking about, we've seen the promised one. We, these dirty individuals that nobody really likes, we've seen the Messiah. Well, people are astonished. They're amazed. They're shocked. They're surprised. Verse 19, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying God and praising God for all they had, say the word with me, heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. 
So here we go, the shepherds, these lowly individuals, despised, unwanted. They heard quite a bit. And the result, Luke chapter 2, verse 18, all who heard the shepherd's story were shocked and surprised and astonished. What I would like to do is pull some thinking points straight out of the text as we consider what these shepherds heard and what that means for all of us. I have four thinking points. Number one, may we never forget that Jesus came for all. And this is one of the great truths that comes out of the Advent, that Jesus came for all and he is available for everyone. Luke is a fascinating gospel because it records for us three annunciations. The word annunciation is a Latin word that has the idea of to share good news. And there are three annunciations in the book of Luke, two in chapter one, and then we have this annunciation from the angel and the angels to the shepherds about the birth of Christ. The first annunciation is to Zechariah, and the angel announced to him, your wife, Elizabeth, who has not been able to have a baby, well, she's pregnant and she's going to have a child. And we read last week that Elizabeth was a relative of Mary. So there's a great connection here. That's the first annunciation. The second annunciation is what we discovered last week. It's the angel announcement to Mary that you are pregnant, even though you are not married to Joseph yet, and you are going to have a baby. He will be great. He will be the son of the Most High, His name will be Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Really shocking news for Mary. The third annunciation or the third proclamation of good news comes in Luke chapter 2. And we just read this where the angel and then the angels began to talk to the shepherds. All of these annunciations have a few things in common. There is an appearance from an angel. And then secondly, we find that there is shock and fear, because that's what happens when you see an angel. That's not a common thing, even back in this time, that wasn't that common. And so there is great fear, because this is something that I've never observed before. What's happening here? And that's followed by the announcement from the angel, do not fear, and that happens in every single case. What makes the Annunciation in Luke chapter 2 different from the Annunciations in Luke chapter 1 is that this isn't specific to a family. The angel talked to the shepherds and said, the child has been born and he will bring great joy for all the people, for all the people. And so what we discover is that the text tells us the arrival of Jesus, not just for a few, not just for some, but Jesus came for all and he is available for all and we can never forget this. We just can't. Secondly, God first sent the gospel. The gospel is the good news. And this is such a marvelous part of what we find here in Luke chapter 2. God first sent the gospel to the lowly, to the lowly. And you find this throughout Luke's narrative and throughout his entire gospel. 
If you continue to read after chapter 2, you will find Jesus heals a paralyzed man, a very poor individual. Nobody else really cared about him, but Jesus cared for him, the lowly, and reached out to him and restored his health and his life. You find Jesus healing a man with leprosy. Leprosy was a, an infectious skin disease, and it was a terrible thing back in the day, and those individuals were thrown outside of the city because you couldn't be around them. And Luke does a marvelous thing when he talks about this story of Jesus healing this man. Jesus obviously could speak the word, and he could be healed, but Luke records for us that Jesus reaches out and he touches the man. He touches the disease. Not supposed to do that. And nobody else was attempting that except for Jesus. And if you continue to read in Luke, you find that Jesus is sharing a meal with sinners and religious groups. We're not supposed to do that. He didn't hang out with those types of individuals. But what we find over and over and over again in Luke's gospel and really in the other gospels is that Jesus was willing to associate and to connect with those at the bottom. And we find that here in the shepherds. This announcement of the Messiah arriving into the world is given to dirty, lowly individuals that nobody else wanted to be with or next to as they functioned in life. But yet here's the angel saying, he's been born and I want you to go. You go and you see. So God first sent the gospel Right, like this is amazing and really good news for all of us. God first sent the gospel, the good news to those who were at the bottom. Number three, the shepherds listened and we can't miss this or forget about this in the story. They allowed their routine to be interrupted because of what they heard. So this is kind of a freak out moment. There's an angel here talking to them. That doesn't happen every day, but yet they allowed their routine to be interrupted and they listened. Curiosity always gets me when I read this story. And I often wonder, what did the shepherds do with their sheep? I mean, they had a job, right? They're taking care of the sheep and we don't know how many there were, but there's obviously more than one sheep that were part of this whole task force and job responsibility that they had. And I've often wondered, what, what happened to the sheep when they left? Did they, did they take the sheep with them? Or did a few shepherds perhaps remain and only a few went to see the Christ child? Or did they call up a babysitter to say, hey, can, can you take care of the sheep because we're going to step into town and do a few things. There's this great announcement. There's a new baby and we want to see the baby. So you stay here and then we'll come back in a little bit. That's my curiosity, and we have no idea because the text doesn't say anything about this. We do know they listened. The angel came and announced something to them. They listened, and then they acted. I think the question for us becomes, will we? Will we? This Christmas... Will we carve out some space and time to hear from God, to listen, and then to act on what he whispers into our hearts? 
The shepherds did that on that first Christmas. Will we? Will we? And what does that potentially look like? Well, I created a list. Perhaps God will whisper something like this into your heart at Christmas time. Maybe there's a relationship to fix or forgiveness to extend. Maybe there's sin to confess, a habit to release. Maybe God will whisper into your heart about taking a bold step of faith. Or maybe there's some generosity to unleash and you've been holding things tight, but yet it's time to potentially unleash all of that. I'm not sure what God will whisper into your heart, but maybe it's something like this. And I think the question is, once we hear that, will we listen and then will we respond like what the shepherds did? If God is whispering, listen and then do it. Here's the fourth thinking point, and that is the shepherds shared what they heard. They listened, but they also were willing to share that. And what a shocking message from dirty, lowly people at the bottom. Hey, guess what? We're the ones who are privy to this great message, and the angel came to us. And I think that's why people were shocked and astonished, because what? <laughs> this announcement came to you? Who are you guys? This doesn't make sense. They listened and then they were willing to share, even though that may have been a difficult thing. And again, the question becomes, will we? Will we? The message of the birth of Jesus and the life of Jesus was never designed to be held closely and not shared with other people. And I know I often do a great job of, of holding that tightly. And we don't want to wear it out on our sleeve. We don't want to do that. We don't want to bother people. But yet, what we discover here is the shepherds were so thrilled and marked by what they heard that they were willing to act. And that resulted in them sharing. Will we? Will we? Two takeaways. For us. Number one, open your heart to a God interruption. Okay? I want all of us to consider just opening our hearts to a God interruption. That's what happened to the shepherds. And maybe God wants to up, uh, interrupt us a little bit with our routines and our plans as we approach yet another Christmas. And, and what does that look like? Well, let's go back to the list. Maybe it's a relationship to fix or forgiveness to extend or sin to confess or a habit to release or a bold step of faith to take or generosity to unleash. Maybe that's the bold step of faith that we need to be ready to open our heart up to this kind of interruption. So let's do that. Let's be open. Let's be open to that. And then secondly, act on God's interruption. So do more than just think about it and consider it. Let's act on God's interruption and not dismiss it, not usher it away for another time, 
but to take this interruption, to listen to it, and then to act upon it. I just want to repeat our big idea. The surprising truth about Christmas is that it is still a time to listen. It still is. All these years later, the surprising truth about Christmas is it is still a time to listen because it's more than a business transaction. It's a transaction of love for me, for me. The shepherds heard some amazing things. They listened and they acted upon that and then they shared. Will we? Will we? So here's what I want to do. I want you to put your stuff away. Can you do that and just kind of clear your space in front of you? And I want to carve out some time right now just to actually listen. And so here's what I would ask of you. Quiet your hearts right now as best as you possibly can. Just quiet them and push out all of the activity and the events that you're thinking about that have to happen today and tomorrow and the rest of this week and the march towards celebrating the birth of Jesus. Just try to push all of that to the side for a few moments. And let's just create a little bit of space here to listen to what God wants to say to us. Let's listen and then let's be like the shepherds, willing to respond and then do it. I encourage you to use this time to pray, to think. There will be words on the screen as well to help guide your listening experience. And so use this time. Let's listen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.